Hello, welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. I'm Dr. Ishan, a board-certified sleep psychologist. I'm curious: Do you keep track of your sleep data? If you do, do you use the data in any way to help you improve your own health? I personally track my own sleep data, and I use the data to remind myself to prioritize my own sleep, to sleep early, and do some physical activities. However, I notice that sometimes the data makes me really anxious, and I tend to turn sleep into a performance. When I notice that, I normally will take a short break from the data. So, in a TED Talk video, Dr. Elka Patel said, "Health is a verb, not a noun. Health is a skill. I think sleep is a skill too." And it can be learned and learned and improved. So today, I invited Dr. Patel to join us. Dr. Patel is a medical doctor with over twenty years of clinical experience. She once had a really severe burnout, and that almost killed her. So now she advocates for compassionate lifestyle changes for better health. So I'm very excited to learn more about her journey in today's interview. So before we start, I just want to let you know that I now offer a twenty percent off coupon for my own insomnia treatment course. If you have trouble sleeping, or if you want to sleep better, check it out at deepintosleep.co/insomnia. The coupon code is deepintosleep two zero twenty two. Let's welcome Dr. Patel. Hi, Dr. Patel. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Hey there, Yushan. Lovely to see you. Oh, so happy! I know we are connecting、uh, across the globe. You are in UK, right? Indeed. Yes, I'm in London. Yeah. Wow! Amazing, amazing. I know you being. I watched your TEDx talk, and、uh, you are such a big advocate for health, and you have a lot of great advice for people how to be healthier, how to change the mindset to be healthier. I'm sure our listeners today can really benefit a lot from you. Oh, thank you. You know, sometimes we have to learn the hard way, don't we? And I think the sort of learning comes when you sometimes see how things go wrong, and then you know that there has to be a better way. So that's certainly been one of the big, big stories behind my shift in how I've learned to practice medicine in a way that really does make a difference. So,、um, yeah, yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm curious, what、uh, do you want to share a little bit? What make you so interested in promoting health? And including sleep helps to the public. Yeah, that's a, a great question. I mean, I guess you know it takes me back to when I was eighteen years old and in medical school and arrived at those doors, saying, thinking, "I want to help people." And it's a rigorous course, and you learn in in a very specific way about how to be a doctor. And then you get out into the big wide world and put everything that you've learned into practice, and you're continually learning. But what I learned after a bit of passage of time was what I've described on my TEDx talk a little bit as well: that sense of the Evolving door of healthcare, where people are constantly coming back. People feel disempowered to look after themselves, almost turning to to me, the doctor, the whole profession, to land health on our laps, and then we'd fix you and hand it back to you. 
And unfortunately, health doesn't work like that because it is yours. It belongs to to you. And uh, I think for me, when that sort of moment rose that I didn't really want to be the drug pusher, I didn't want to keep pushing drugs at you because that's a lot of what we're taught about in in medical school. It's the quickest fix that we can give somebody uh, in this very time pressured environment of of healthcare that we work in. But it really wasn't a fix because that revolving door didn't didn't stop. So I decided to step out of the revolving door, seek a better way, seek another way. And that's when I discovered really the sort of angle of lifestyle, lifestyle medicine, self-care, self-empowerment, and taking us right into the sort of current time. Um, And what's really exciting is that we now have so much data and information and technology at our fingertips to really promote our, our health. So that journey for me has really been a sort of continually evolving one for sure. And of course, talking about sleep, which is uh, clearly kind of your area of, of focus. And when as a GP, so I've been a family doctor, a GP in the UK for a large part of my career. And sleep is one of those topics that comes up continuously. I'm pretty sure if I asked every single person who walked into my consulting room about sleep, they would have something to say. It's just one of those things we're talking about at bus stops and and with our families and with our friends constantly, aren't we? Um, But there didn't seem to be a a fix for it, something to help with, with sleep, which is so fundamental that I could provide in a very quick, concise way. Um, in a 10-minute consultation as a GP. And I found that now that I've kind of shifted very much into a lifestyle space, there's so much that inputs into sleep and and the quality of sleep and the quantity of sleep that could be so focused and so specific to an individual that it's really sort of opened up a whole new way of how we look at sleep and why prioritizing it is so important as well. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like you've been like seeing a lot of patients doing a lot of clinical work and notice so many um, barriers possibly people have. I really like your philosophy that how to empower ourselves to take control over our own health, including sleep health. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you don't do that, you you give away a, a huge chunk of your life. In a way, if you think about being born with health, it's it's yours to hold, it's yours to keep. In my TEDx talk, I use the analogy of, of riding a bike and really sort of using health as your skill. It is one of your, your powers. It's one of your skills that you can continually optimize. You can't just have health and expect to keep it. You really have to kind of be maintaining it to reach this level of absolute optimism, which again, I believe at this time in our lives that we're living in this age when we've got so much access to information and technology, we are very, very able to optimize our, our health span and our lifespan so long as we decide that that's what we what we want for ourselves with all of the competing demands on our time. Mm. Health is a skill. I really love that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when we talk about sleep, right? So I, I'm sure you see that a lot, as you mentioned. What have you noticed that really make people sleep worse? what people are doing to harm or sabotage their own uh, sleep health. Mm. There's one thing that really, really stands out, Ishan, and I think that's that sense of sleep is not a priority for me. 
as I've mentioned, life is busy for, for everybody. There's, there is always so much more to do than time seems to allow. And often people stay awake thinking about all the things that they need to do, want to do, could do, should have done. And they deprioritize sleep. So the biggest thing I've noticed is that sleep is often at the bottom of that, that list of priorities. It's the one thing that gets sacrificed so easily, sometimes intentionally. You stay awake to write that last report, to send off that last email, Sometimes you do it less intentionally. You're busy scrolling on your phone and the social media is kind of captivating you. And before you know it, um, things like Netflix, you say, I'll watch one more episode, one more episode, one more episode. Before you know it, it's three o'clock in the morning. And so it can be so easy to, to sacrifice sleep. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest difference that I've been able to make to people is really to enable them to understand how critical sleep is. And that's from a very kind of a scientific perspective, but also that sort of the, the art of sleeping as well is something that we've lost as well. We know sleep is so critical, otherwise we wouldn't have had this sense of, you know, being um, given the sort of genetics and the evolutionary mechanisms to sleep for eight hours a day. Why on earth does that exist if it isn't absolutely critical to our survival? And we know this from data as well, don't we, that if you sleep, less than six hours a night consecutively, your lifespan is shortened. And there's no doubt about that at all. And yet, even knowing that, why do people not prioritize sleep? You know, sometimes as though you're waiting for something to go wrong and you can't quite make the connection between the bad night's sleep and the effect it had on your productivity, the bad night's sleep and, and why you're irritable with your partner, the bad night's sleep and why you're not having any business success, the bad night's sleep and why you've and irritable gut and are feeling bloated. And once you start to make those connections, and, and this is beautifully done when you start tracking your sleep and using data and using technology, that you can really start to piece this together and join those dots and have those aha moments that tell you, right, this is it. And I'm no longer prepared to sacrifice my sleep in order to have a better relationship, to, to lose the bloat, to not have the, the foggy brain and the loss of clarity. I think that realization is so important that it's not just sleep is at the bottom of my list. It's now something that is absolutely non-negotiable at the top. Yeah, this level of self-awareness to really start thinking about, wow, how my life are so closely related to my own sleep. And I think you mentioned sleep trackers and there's a lot of sleep apps right now. Do you notice is that really help people? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one thing that your listeners may have come across or may not have come across um, is this effect uh, that exists, which is called the Hawthorne effect. I don't know if that's something you're familiar with, but the Hawthorne effect is the effect that being watched has on you. So when someone is watching you or when you're being watched, your behavior changes, your actions change. So this is very much an important nudge for us. Which is why when you're wearing a, a tracker or you're tracking your sleep or you're collecting data about yourself, it's as if you're being watched. And automatically that Hawthorne effect kicks in that your actions change simply by virtue of, of being watched. There was this um, study that was done in uh, one of the universities in the UK, Nottingham University. And uh, this was a campus where there were a lot of bicycle thefts going on, cycles being being stolen. So the researchers identified three very key areas on campus where the bikes were being stolen. And they put these posters up on the wall 
just in these three areas. And the poster was simply a pair of eyes that was watching outwardly. And it said on it, cycle thieves, we are watching you. And what happened, Yishan, in those three areas, the number of cycle thefts reduced by 62% just because that sense was someone is watching me. Oh. So that's incredible. You know, I think that, that really does describe very, very powerfully what effect being watched has uh, because it changes the behavior, the, set, the thefts reduce. And similarly, how do you translate that into your health behavior? Well, if you're being watched, you're wearing a, a, a data watch or a data ring, then you get some information about yourself. You know you want to change that through your actions because you want to, you want numbers are really important to us. I think as as human beings, as there's the qualitative self, isn't there? That the stuff that really can't feel like it can't be measured. And then there's the quantitative side of ours, the things that we can measure and add numbers to. And increasingly, there's a lot more that we can measure about yourself. So once you start to measure data on your sleep, how long you're sleeping, how long it's taking you to fall asleep, how many times you're waking in the night, how much you're moving in the night, how much time you're spending in deep sleep or light sleep or dream sleep, then all of this information starts to become information about you. And so you can translate that into, into the actions that you can take to, to change those habits and those patterns. I see. Yeah, yeah. Right. I have my own like sleep data. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting. I notice, you know, sometime I uh, look at the, the phone app. It will mention, well, you go to bed too late or, you know, uh, you're not like uh, stay on bed for enough time, things like that. It definitely sometimes send me kind of like um, alert, right? Alarming signal that, oh, there's something I can optimize further. Mm. I think I find though is the the other thing is that it can also be something you ignore. You can get as many alerts on your phone as you want. You can get as many reminders that say, you should sleep more, right? Just sleep. But it doesn't mean you're going to do it. You have to have a strong enough reason. So yes, I truly believe the numbers give you a nudge. Those numbers, those alerts, they're going to tell you, come on, you know, it's time to do something. Then wait till it gets critical because otherwise that sound's going to be really, really loud. It will be in the form of a, of a heart attack or cancer or Alzheimer's. And then you're going to have to pay some attention. So I'm sending you these soft numbers, these soft signals, these soft alarms now so that you don't reach that really loud <laughs> alarm. But you'll ignore it if you haven't got a strong enough driver. You know, what is it? Why do you want to sleep better? It's a question for all listeners who are listening, you know, right now. Why do you want to sleep better? And one you think, well, I just want to wake up and not feel tired. Why do you not want to feel tired? So that I, I'm just less, uh, more energized in the morning. Why do you want to be more energized? So that I'm just not so irritable with my son. Why do you not want to be so irritable with your son at breakfast? because I want to be a role model to him. And so you've got to really get really deep. You know, you want to be this role model to your child. That's why you want to sleep more, not just so that you can get up and, and not feel tired. There's always so much more to it. So I think it's really important to really understand why you do the things that you do and why you don't do the things that you do. And unless you attach a level of importance to them, a level of absolutely this is non-negotiable, you can have information, but still not pay attention. 
but I think it's very important to have the information because you also can't unknow what you know. Once you've got data that you're tracking and it's telling you about yourself, you can't really unknow it. You now know this about you. So there's even more, I think, reason to to use the numbers to, to give you a nudge in the right direction, for sure. Yeah, when you said ignore uh, the alerts, I feel like, oh, partially that's just me. <laughs> Sometimes I just ignore it and uh, um, not care for it. And um, I really like what you mentioned to dig deep to the core value, right? Core belief. It's not just the surface level. Oh, I want this. I want that. Everyone else get it. I don't. I want it too. But deep down, what is special to you? why you need to really have the buy-in to prioritize sleep. I think that's possibly very individualized reason. Yeah, yeah. So really think about what's important to me. Is my business success important to me? Why is my business success important to me? Yes, I want to make money. Why do you want money? Who's it to provide for? What does it enable you you to do? And if you want absolute business success, you need to be productive, productive at work. And if you, you need to be productive, that means you need to have at least six hours of sleep a night. The magic number really is eight, somewhere between six and nine, seven or nine. That's the sort of number that all the research is, is pointing to. So, you know, keep coming back to that. You know, this is not about me just having business success or making money or having a huge, a huge business. This is so I can provide for my family, make a difference in the world and carry that value with you. Um, and there is, again, some really interesting data that I came across recently about productivity um, and sleep as well. And then I mentioned business, but particularly with business owners, um, what's been found is that people who sleep uh, less than the six hours for two, just two consecutive nights, if today you sleep six hours and tomorrow you sleep for five and a half hours what happens for the next six days is your productivity is much much lower than had you slept for more than six hours just for those two days so that's six days where your productivity drops just because you don't sleep well for two days and it sounds crazy right because i mean we all have the odd night of of disruption but where it becomes that incessant pattern this is the thinking about what is the impact of this on me. And the trouble is, I think, Ishan, as well, is that sometimes you don't feel the impact immediately. It's it's there sometime in the future. And so it's very easy to ignore it. But my message, you know, really loud and clear, if I was an alarm right now, pinging on your phone or on, on your watch, I would definitely be shouting at you that the future that you're creating is happening right now. You're not creating your future in the future. Whatever decisions you're making right now is creating your future. So, you know, please just don't ignore the importance of sleep as an absolutely critical tool for your survival to live long and live well. Who doesn't want that, right? Yeah, I love that. Really need people like listen to this message clearly, right? Right now, right here, every day, every moment, we make the decision, impact our health, impact our future, impact what we value. And the research you share is very interesting. Just two nights of poor decision, poor sleep, leading to poor sleep. And it can have such a long lasting uh, effects on your performance later. I remember one of my other guests, Dr. Michael Gardner, and he mentioned before another research similarly, but in a different way, that no matter how many hours you sleep, if if you decide between 
do I stay up a little bit later to prepare for something for tomorrow or should I sleep more for tomorrow? So he mentioned just 15 minutes more sleep and go to bed at like 15 minutes earlier than night can already boost your next day's performance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, for people listening is raise your own self-awareness. Try this out for yourself. You know, this isn't just sort of generic advice. You need to really understand yourself. We're all different. We'll all have different chronotypes, for example, as well. So I measure, I test um, my clients and my patients for their chronotypes of what their natural genetic predisposition is to being the morning lark who's at their peak in the morning or the night owl who's at their peak in the night. And where possible, if you can tap into your natural rhythms, you're going to be in a much better place of feeling effective, being healthier, being more productive, having much better memory, having better cognition, being able to make more sharp and focused decisions. So I think, again, back to testing and tracking. I do a lot of this um, with my clients. Take away the guesswork. Let's not live in a world where we have to guess. Should I do this? Should I try that? We don't have time for that. We're all busy, busy people, right? So which is why I come back to data and devices, capture your data, do your tests, test your melatonin, test your cortisol, all these important hormones, biochemicals that are you know, really, really important to, uh, to how we sleep. Get to know yourself. These are tests that I do constantly um, on my patients. And the information you get about yourself is, is incredible. And I guess you know, one message I definitely want to share is health can sometimes feel like a, a heavy weight on our shoulders, something that's hard and and heavy and is hugely significant and has got long-lasting consequences. What I'm all about is making health fun as well. I think we have to lighten the load and enjoy what we know about ourselves, enjoy making health our skill, really um, having fun with it. And definitely sort of data and information gives us that element because it makes it easy. It makes it fun. It makes it something you want to talk about and share. And, and, you know, being together, having collaboration with with other people, connecting in communities, it's a really good way of, of doing that with, with information about yourself as well. So let's definitely, you know, make sleep fun. Let's not make it something that we, we're worrying about constantly. Um, uh, gosh, I could talk about lots and lots of things. Just saying that word worry, you know, how, how many people stay awake because of worry? It's such a common reason to be lying there. So whilst I've talked about sacrificing sleep on purpose, of course, there's many, many people who want to sleep and find it incredibly difficult to just get into bed, put your head on the pillow and fall and fall asleep. And a lot of that is it can be very environmental when we're looking at side of things with temperature and body temperature and light and sound etc but also a lot of it is is mind related and what's going on in your mind and what are you worrying about and how much time you allow yourself to deprocess from the day so that you give your brain permission uh, to say yeah brain thank you for the day you've worked really hard for me today it's now time for you to have some rest and regenerate and go to sleep Yeah. Unfortunately, our brain does not have this light switch, right? Immediately. Okay. Switch on, switch off. But if we are able to shift how we think about sleep, how we think about our day, our health, and we can still manage the worry. If we give ourselves a wind down period, I'm sure there's a lot we can do to really help our brain to uh, fall asleep. But I agree there are a lot of people, especially people with insomnia. 
wow, like falling asleep could be really difficult and the, the worry in their mind just won't stop. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you're, you're mentioning that. Um, very recently, I've come across quite a round of my, my clients um, that I've been talking to about perfectionism and uh, that need for us to feel perfect and have everything right and just so. And uh, when I talk to them about some of the implications and the fallout from that, some of that comes down to back to sleep as well as because of this constant strive to have really high standards um, associated with fear of failure and then a lot of negative self-talk. The impact of that then is that sleep is affected quite significantly. And then, of course, we know there's a connection between sleep and emotions. And so then your emotional processing doesn't occur because you haven't slept. And back you are the next day, really high wired. Your emotions are not really under under control um, by you. And that, again, negative self-talk, that fear of failure, the very high standard settings is three very key uh, perfectionism that I've noticed that then impact, impact on sleep. So again, just raising raising your own self-awareness about that um, is a useful way to start, to start to help yourself process why you're not sleeping and then unpick that as well. Right. When you talk about perfectionism, I actually noticed for some people who are already on the higher end uh, of anxiety level, right? So when they use any sleep trackers, when they look at sleep data, Wow, that caused more problem. Uh, I think we call it orthosomnia. It's a new word nowadays. And because they have such a high performance anxiety, they tend to use the data to drive their sleep as a performance, which caused more problem for a certain group of people. I don't know whether you, you notice any of those. Yes, for sure. And that's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think we, you know, we have to be very mindful of our digital technology and our access to information. And we have to make this a tool that is for us, not against us. And it's really, really important. And maybe I come back to the why, why question is, why is this information about your sleep helpful to you? Is it helpful or unhelpful? And in in the majority of people, and I would probably um, argue that even with with people who have anxiety, health anxiety, stresses, perfectionism traits, there is a pre conversation that I will have with all of my patients and my clients, so that we actually reduce some of that and utilize it as as helpful information. And that needs to be done in a very comfortable and closed environment. Which again is why I would say that although these trackers and data are widely available for everyone as a consumer to to buy off the shelf. I'm very much not in the land of off the shelf care. I talk a lot about very much more strategic self-care and to have someone who has got that level of professionalism, credibility, whether it's a doctor like, like myself, many other sleep experts, sleep coaches, to really make sure that you're you're you've got you know hand in hand. Yes, you're taking control of your own health, but to do that as a journey alongside someone who's able to provide you the right guidance, so that exactly as you say, this rising of anxiety that sometimes is a potential from information overload, you you negate that um, very easily. So that you know it's a very relevant point to make. Yeah, thank you for raising that. Yeah. Well, thank you for, you know, helping us understand, help all the listeners understand they have a control. They can make a lot of good choices for their health, for their sleep. I think this is a very strong message and very important for everyone who are listening to really remember, hopefully. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And even with things like, as you say, anxiety and and depression, I come back to how can you add a little bit of lightness to this? How can you add some fun to sleep information and how you utilize that to to help your sleep? And again, whether it's you're staying awake because of anxiety or staying awake because of social sacrifices or peer pressures or whatever those reasons are, you can get to the nub of the why and use information to, to help you with that, then sleep is something that is it's hardwired into you it is the most natural thing that we all do so we've just got to get back into our, our very natural rhythms and our circadian rhythms to to enable that again haven't we mm-hmm. yeah like you said make sleep fun right make make health lifestyle adjustment fun and i think when you are having fun you are enjoying the process then mm. also it's a light weighted and um, you are in this flow, then you will feel what the signals your brain and body tries to send you. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. So fun and factual, I think is the thing to remember. Make health fun, make sleep fun, but remember to keep it factual. Don't get pulled away by, there's so many things on the internet and social media, do this, try this, I did this, he did that, she did that. And before you know it, you're overwhelmed with all the things that you could do. And you end up either spending your time doing things that don't help you and so you get even more disheartened and anxious and worried, or you don't even try anything because it's just too much. So I think, again, make sure that whatever approach you have is fun and factual, both. Yeah, that's awesome. I really love that. <laughs> it's a, uh, I like what you said. Sleep and health are both, I think, a skill mm-hmm. and make it fun and factual I'm sure can really help us find the right way. And in the process, you know, I think we can all start somewhere that works best for us. If we reach our limit, we can always find professional resource around us, really guide us to make it better. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And it is sometimes hard to do that completely um, on your own um, as well. So I think you're right in terms of that professional guidance, as I said, from, you know, sleep experts like myself, it's very handy to to do that until you get to know your own patterns and your own self. It's reminding me of a, a client I had recently um, who has having, you know, terrible difficulty sleeping and noticed all the consequences the next day with emotional irritability and lack of clarity. And when I analyzed her sleep with her, what we discovered was that the amount of time she spent in light sleep was, was very, very short. And so we were able to focus on well how do you get into that level of light sleep more and uh, one thing we did together was um, look at using alpha wave music so alpha wave music it's got a frequency of I think somewhere between 8 and 13 hertz it's music that you can on music channel and she started listening to some of this music as she was falling asleep and it had a huge difference to her her level of sleep she had much more light sleep and we need a lot of we need deep sleep we need light sleep we need dream sleep they've all got different functions and the difference it made to her was was incredible the restlessness in the night was was much less um she she was getting some headaches as well and so that, that heaviness in the morning had lightened she described her energy levels as being higher her emotional uh, stability was much greater and that was simply because we tailored what she did to her data 
And before that, she was trying all sorts of things, wearing this sleep mask and, and you know, having a hot bath before she went to bed and all these things that, of course, you know, are very useful if that's very specific for you. But because we were able to be very specific by looking at her data, she would never have known that that was the issue. The difficulty was the, the movement from being awake to light sleep to, to deep sleep that, that her body was struggling with. And we enabled that to happen because your brain waves mimic the sounds that you're hearing. So she was hearing the alpha wave music, her brain waves moved from the, the beta waves of being awake to the alpha waves of, of light rest. And then she was much more quickly able to move into those deeper sleep waves as well. So fascinating and even more fascinating, actually, what she also did was uh, she started to play the music on the speakers around her house in the night. So it wasn't just her listening to it. And so her daughter started sleeping better and her husband started sleeping better. So before you knew it, the whole household was positively affected because we'd use data and information to make a difference rather than guesswork. So that was uh, that was great. Wow. Really, really grateful. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's a great example that we have to really respect science and data, right? Do it like you said, factual. It sounds also fun. The whole family is listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It was great. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, so Dr. Patel, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. And if our listeners want to find out more of your work, uh, where can they find you? Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, I you can get in touch on my website, which is dralkapatel.com. And I'm also on all the socials, uh, UK as well. Um, and I have access to some great apps um, as well, um, which um, I put some links. I'll send you some links as well, Yishan. You can share them with your leaders, which give you 30-day free access um, to an app that I use with, with my clients. So you'll got that. You'll have access to your data, uh, have access to sleep courses on there as well, and sleep coaching as well as um, uh, specific recommendations on there. So I'd highly recommend, recommend that. So I'll send the link to you. Welcome to share that with your listeners as well. Awesome. Yes. I think there's shortage of, you know, sleep providers yes. all over the place. So anything evidence-based, legit, right? I'm happy to help more people to know those resources. And I will also put all your website, all your social media handles and whatever information you give me to the show notes at deepintosleep.co. So uh, whoever listening, should be able to find all this information. Thank you oh, again. Yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. It's easier than you think to sleep well is the last thing I want to leave everyone everyone with. So let's make it fun. Let's make it factual. And you will sleep. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like my podcast, please consider leaving an honest review for my show. I really appreciate that. Also, I'm very excited to announce that I finally launched a new sleep podcast in Chinese. This is something I want to do for years. And now I have a co-host, Jing, who is a therapist in my clinic, and we are doing it together. You can find more information about this new podcast on my website at deepintosleep.co. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Yishan. I will see you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. 
and our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.